0: Welcome to the blackburnnews.com candidate profile interviews for the riding of London North Centre. We are joined today by Peter Frajiscatos, who is the Liberal candidate in London North Centre, and we have five questions for Peter today. And Peter, that first question is about child care. Uh, your party's child care plan has been criticized a little bit in some quarters uh, as being not a lot different than what the Conservatives are offering, apart from the size of the monthly check. How is it different, and how would it help parents who are struggling to pay for childcare? Well, actually, it's extremely different
1: from uh, Mr. Harper's child care uh, policy. Um, the, under the universal child care benefit that Mr. Harper has uh, introduced and is currently in place, uh, what parents are getting is taxable. So much of what is, is given is, is clawed back come tax time. Uh, We want to make sure that the benefit is tax-free and linked to income so it would be geared towards the families who actually need it. In other words, middle-class families and those working hard to join the middle class. Right now that check is going to everyone including millionaires. Uh, Simply because someone has kids does not mean that they uh, should be getting a check each month. Uh, Millionaires are getting those checks right now and we're committed to making sure that it's middle-class families and those working hard to join the middle class who are getting those checks.
0: What about childcare spaces? What in the Liberal plan addresses uh, what many say is a a pretty severe shortage of childcare spaces? Sure, Uh, well, if you look at our infrastructure policy, uh, one of the key planks is that we would build uh, childcare
1: facilities. So if you take that into account, combined with the the fact that we want a more fair child benefit policy, uh, you know, the child benefit policy itself uh, would provide uh, the average family of four um, in Canada, you know, making ninety thousand dollars a year, uh, it would provide them with, um, you know, much more uh, robust kind of um, uh, a check that uh, that would actually uh, help their needs. Uh, Twenty five hundred dollars more, in fact, is what they would make under our plan. So, uh, in combination with the building of childcare facilities, this is the kind of plan that can actually help
0: uh, middle class Canadians and those working hard to join the middle class. London's unemployment rate um, has certainly fallen since the depths of the recession. You know, we we got to double digits there for a while. Now we're down to, uh, you know, in the six and a half uh, range. There are a lot of people in this community, though, still struggling to find work. And it seems as though relying on the manufacturing sector, as we have in the past, uh, just really isn't a very good option anymore. How would a liberal government get people in this area working? Sure. Uh, Our policy
1: is to uh, be ambitious is to have some ambition for the country and for the city. Uh, we have placed uh, too much focus on the oil and gas sector in this country, and we've seen because of the cyclical nature of uh, oil and gas that when the price drops, our economy also drops. Uh, manufacturing is also another instance where, you know, in the past we've focused uh, excessively on it, thinking that it's always going to be there, and when there's downturns, well, there's also downturns in our economy. Uh, because it was made, uh, based around manufacturing. What we're saying is that we have to diversify. Oil and gas matter, uh, manufacturing, you know, if, if Toyota wants to come set up shop here, if, uh, if any car plant or any, any uh, large firm wants to come set up shop and employ thousands of people, uh, that's great, but we also have to look at other uh, alternatives. Uh, you know, investing in infrastructure uh, will generate growth throughout the country and that will be felt in London as well. And we have to make sure that we support research and innovation. The University of Western Ontario is in this riding. Uh, we've seen what happens when you support research and innovation. Germany, for example, has weathered the economic storm much better than Canada has. The economic storm of, of 2008, I should be specific. Uh, and a large part of that is that they've invested in research and innovation. There's been huge spin-off effects from those investments uh, that have led to the development of, of, of businesses. You know, uh, Germany is a startup. Uh, A base for startups, uh, you know, and we should look at that model. We should, uh, here in London, become a startup capital, um, you know, in North America. And I look forward to um,
0: making that happen or working towards that uh, in in the uh, coming years. You mentioned the oil and gas sector. Um, I want to kind of ask you about that because one of the issues that continues to grow uh, and get bigger in this country. is, is the environment. We're all very concerned about it, obviously. We Canadians want to breathe clean air, we want to drink clean water, uh, but we've been criticized around the world uh, because of, of the oil sands. But when you think about it, unless we're willing to stop driving our cars, heating our homes, and using transport trucks to get products from point A to point B, uh, oil and gas extraction isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So the question is, how would a Liberal government reconcile uh, the desire for a clean environment with the need for the product that the oil and gas sector produces. Well, the economy and the environment go together. You can't
1: have a strong
0: economy without
1: a strong environment. And what we're saying is that, uh, precisely as you've, uh, you've pointed to, uh, we cannot uh, simply um, uh, move past uh, you know, oil and gas. That's here. It's a, an important part of the economy, but we have to make sure that we uh, carry out uh, those kinds of uh, economic policies in a, in a fairer way. Let's consult with First Nations communities uh, around pipelines, for example. Let's make sure that we're working with the international community uh, to reduce emissions. Let's, let's make sure that we're working with the provinces uh, who are uh, taking action on this. Uh, in British Columbia, we've seen the government there act. We've seen the government here in Ontario take action. In Quebec, Saskatchewan is making important, uh, important strides in, that, in this regard. And we have to uh, help the provinces along in, uh, along with this, uh, and and not impose another level of bureaucracy onto them uh, that would only complicate the system. And uh, this is what Justin Trudeau is committed to: uh, a fairer policy, one that that is uh, always seeking to consult and and also uh, work uh, working with uh, the provinces in the federation to make sure that we have a, a balanced environmental policy. Uh,
0: Canadians have become pretty cynical, it seems, about politics and and about politicians. Um, We have seen people get fed up with things like broken promises, uh, floor-crossing, robocalls, and majority governments of of both stripes, both Liberal and Conservative in the past, uh, majority governments that have been won with with less than 40% of the popular vote. How do we address that, that cynicism? How do we get more people in this country engaged in, in the political process, and, and more importantly, getting them out to the ballot box on election day? Sure, uh, we can start by listening. Uh, all too
1: often, uh, politicians get elected, and then you, know, you hear from them every, uh, every four years. Uh, I want to be the kind of person who's reaching out, who's sitting around the table with uh, concerned citizens who, who want to voice their concerns on, on any uh, issue. Uh, that's the kind of approach that we need in this country right now. And we're not hearing it. We're not seeing it. Uh, we have a government in place uh, in Ottawa that has forgotten what it means to actually go out and engage. Uh, you know, we're seeing Conservative candidates routinely skipping uh, debates across the country. Uh, this is not the kind of approach that Canadians uh, you know, expect, and, and frankly, they don't deserve this. Uh, They want to make sure that their politicians are out there listening to them and sharing with them the vision that they have for the country. So it begins by actually respecting citizens. And as long as we continue to do that, we'll be just fine.
0: How much of of the cynicism do you think has to do with um, what happens at a local level? I mean, we we saw your leader, Justin Trudeau, promise open nomination processes across the board. That promise um, has not always been kept. Um, there have been ridings where, where hand-picked candidates have, have been chosen uh, by by the party leadership. Is, is that something that's going to have a lasting effect, do you think? Or, or is that you know one of those things that, that maybe the average Canadian thinks, oh well that happens in, in politics. Uh, how much is that a factor, do you think? Well, I can tell you from my experience, I went through an open nomination process.
1: And it was uh, free and fair Anyone could have joined. Uh, you know, this is something that uh, Mr. Trudeau uh, committed to, and uh, I, I lived it. Uh, I experienced it. If, if for me, the process was—I mean, it was a great journey. Uh, you know, the nomination uh, itself is is always uh, a fun experience, and uh, you know, an, o- an opportunity to go out there and, and, and speak to folks. But uh, I, um, I really—you uh, know—I look at the example uh, that we've. Uh, We've set now in terms of a platform. It's it's a platform that's based on consultation. Uh, but uh, that consultation, for myself, uh, in this community, started when I was a nomination candidate. You know, reaching out to community leaders, listening to them, and I was allowed to do that. Uh, you know, without restriction, without
0: uh, any restriction at all. Last question, and some might argue that that this issue could very well be the biggest one that we face uh, in the future. Stats Canada reported this week that for the first time in this country's history, there are more people over the age of 65 than there are Mm -hmm. people under the age of 15. Mm -hmm. We can only imagine what kind of impact this is going to have on the healthcare system in the coming years. How are we going to find the money to pay for the care that an aging population is going to require when there will be fewer people footing the bill? Well, health care and the
1: economy. Are interlinked. Uh, I mentioned uh, the uh, the link that exists between the environment and the economy before. This is another example. Uh, unless we uh, have a, an ambition for the country that says, let's grow the economy, let's not sit back, then healthcare uh, will suffer. Uh, Mr. Harper has uh, has reduced the, the health transfer, and uh, you know as we uh, see uh, the seniors po- senior senior uh, element in our population aging. Uh, and that's going to continue, as you say. Uh, you know, we have to be very worried about the kind of uh, policies that are being pursued right now. We have to make sure that we grow the economy, generate the revenues that are needed to help the fro- provinces with, uh, with health care costs, and particularly long-term care, which is obviously so important to seniors. Peter, thank you so much for your well, time today. Great I appreciate it. Great to be here. Thank you very much, Ryan. the campaign. Thank you so much.